to come into your word, study your word as your body. Father, I thank you that we receive truth tonight. We receive life. We receive peace because your word is truth. You said that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we all need a way. We all need truth. And we all need life. And so, Father, I thank you tonight. We receive your word. Uh, our hearts are open. Our minds are receptive to the word tonight. There are no distractions, there's no confusion, there's no division. Tonight, Father, I think your word goes freely into our hearts and it will bear fruit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. <coughs> Philippians chapter 3, our notes are in version, as most of you know by now, and so you can follow along there. Um, if you have, uh, you know, the phone or the device or whatever, but... Tonight, I'm going to stay in the vein that I've kind of been in January on Wednesdays. This is the beginning of the year. This is our time of commitment, our time of, of, of focusing on the new year and what are we going to do different this year than we did last year. And um, So we've been taking some opportunity to, to look at some stuff. <clears throat> and tonight, uh, the title of my message tonight is Staying Committed. Staying Committed. Um, I believe as Christians, we do real good at starting things and we start well. Um, but I, I want to make sure we finish well. God wants to make sure that we finish well. Uh, Jesus is, he said that I am the Alpha and the Omega. Thank God he's not just the Alpha. <laughs> thank God he's not just the beginning, but he has completed something. Uh, thank God that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. That means that he starts something, but he's also completed it. And actually something cool to know about God is he actually starts at the end and then he works his way to the beginning, which means he has already concluded everything and drawn everything out. Everything to God that happens is in his past. It's already taken place to him. It's already happened to him. And so we, uh, as believers, obviously we're walking this thing out. We don't know necessarily what's coming tomorrow or the next five years or what, what's going to happen to us this next year in 2013 that we're getting so excited and geared up for, but God does. God already knows what's going to take place. He already knows what is going to happen in our lives, and so we have to make sure that we find out what his will and what his plan is, and then as we walk that out, we see our lives match up to what God wants for us, because how many of you know God wants the best for us? He wants the best for us. The Bible says that he doesn't want any to perish. And that doesn't just mean perishing as in dying and going to hell. That means perishing. That means losing anything in this life that he has promised us so much. And he wants to see that take place. So look here in Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul speaking. And in verse 12 he says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus or which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Notice here that he is uh, showing, he's identifying that Jesus has already laid hold of us for something. Jesus has already uh, chosen a work and had a work that he has destined for us, purposed for us. And now Paul is saying, I haven't already obtained to that. I haven't already fulfilled and become perfected in that, but Jesus has already perfected it in me. That's good news. 
That's good news. I, I'm telling you right now, it is good news to know that as we go through our lives, as we walk this thing out on a daily basis, God isn't walking it out with us. He already knows where we're going. As a guide, you don't want to go down to Disney World and have someone say, hey, I'm going to be your guide today, and it's their first time there too. <laughs> they ain't going to be able to show you much because they're learning uh, everything as they go. But we have a guide, we have a leader, we have someone that is not walking this thing out with us, but he's directing us in where to go, what to stay away from, because there's nothing that God says, oh, well, that didn't work out, let's try it this way. No, he knows how to get it done. He knows how to accomplish his will and his purpose in our lives. Now it's just a matter of following the leader. And so we see here that Paul, he says, I haven't already attained, I haven't already been perfected, but I am pressing on, going after to lay hold of what Jesus has already purposed for my life. Let's keep going. Verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So he's saying here, uh, notice that Paul's life is in a perpetual state of reaching and pressing. This isn't just, this is what I'm doing today. His life is in that perpetual state. He says, I haven't already attained, and I won't attain, but I am reaching for, I am striving for, I am pressing toward the call of God in Christ Jesus. His life is in a perpetual state of going after what God has for him. Whatever you're going after this year, whatever you feel that God has you pressing towards, you're going to be in that position all year. You're going to be in a position all year of reaching, pressing, and striving towards what God has for you. Here's the thing, is we all have intentions, but our intentions require initiative. Our intentions require initiative. Intentions don't become a finished product if we don't initiate something to act upon it. So this year in 2013, whatever it is that you're wanting to see change, whatever you're pressing towards, whatever you're striving for, whatever you're going after, know that it's going to require initiative on your part to go get it. See, we receive promises from God, but notice here that Paul, he's in a striving, pressing, reaching mode, reaching, running over in 2 Corinthians, he talked about running your race. We've seen that before. That he's going after something to grab a hold of something. And there is a purpose that God has for our lives. There's a purpose for what he wants you to do this year and what he has you reaching for. But it's going to require taking initiative. It's going to require implementing something in our lives that causes us to go after and get those things that we intend. I don't know what your intentions are for this year. I don't know if you intend to be a parent, better parent this year, if you intend to get out of debt, if you intend 
uh, to get a better job, if you intend to, to start a business, whatever you intend, it's going to require implementing and initiating something to action. And so that's the first step to reaching what, uh, reaching what God has for us. Go over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> this is going backwards just a little bit, but in verse 13, Philippians 2 verse 13, it says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Hebrews chapter 13 Hebrews chapter 13, they'll throw it up on the screen. It says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Here's the next key. We need to remember who we work for. We need to remember who we're doing all these things for. Sometimes when we're making resolutions and, and we're looking at our new year and, and deciding and choosing, you know, what God, what, God, what is it? What, what do you want me to go deeper with? What do you want me to go after? What do you want me to attain in this new year in 2013? Sometimes we lose sight that we're doing it for his purpose. And so we just want to get out of debt just so, you know, we can have the comfort of, not having to always be paying something off and have some extra money to do something with, when he's saying, it's for my good pleasure. It's for my will. Maybe he wants you to get out of debt because he wants you to be able to be free and open to sow into some things through your finances. Maybe he wants you to start a business, not so you can just be a successful business person and bring in more money, but make influence for the kingdom of God and use that business to influence people. Maybe he wants you to move up in your career and, and in your uh, job assignment where he currently has you because he wants you to make influence on people and he wants you to uh, uh, be a person that brings the kingdom into your job assignment and into your career, not just so you can make more money and have a better status and do those kind of things. So we have to understand that we are doing everything, every goal we set. And let me tell you, you, you need to have goals. You need to have goals. You need to have something you're striving for this year. If you haven't sat down and, and set goals for 2013, you need to do that. Because without a goal, I, I heard someone say recently, if you have no goal, you don't know when you score or you can't score. I mean, every sport has a goal. Baseball has a goal to get from go first base, second base, third base, and get home. Football is to get into the end zone. Soccer is to get it into the goal. You have a goal. You have something that you're striving for. And if you don't have a goal, you don't know when you've reached it. And so we need to be setting goals. But whatever that goal is, know that it is for his goodwill. It's for his intention. It's for his purpose. It's for his good pleasure. Whatever that goal is, we need to align it because true purpose comes in aligning our goals with God's will. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have any goal outside of his will. I don't want to have a goal of getting out of debt this year if it's outside of his will. 
And obviously it is his will, but his will is lining up with his will means, all right, Father, now what do you want me to do with these finances that I have? What, what do you want me to do with the extra cash flow that's coming in? Now that I have gotten my stuff in order and freed myself up there, what is it that you would have me do? It's going back and finding his will and his purpose for finances. If I have a goal of, you know what, I, I want to be a better husband this year. I want to treat my wife better than I've ever, then I want to find his purpose in it, his will in it. Why do I need to be a better husband? Why does he want me to be a better husband? Why does he want me to treat my wife a certain way? And so we've got to line up our uh, goals with his will. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. This is the exciting part. <clears throat> this is the exciting part. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Just a couple chapters back in the other direction. And Paul says this, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We've heard this one since we were little kids, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's break it down. I can do all things. All things. Let that sink in. Because sometimes we go after these goals and we look after these things, even when God gives us the goal and God gives us the assignment. Some of you may have never wanted to be in business, and God planted the desire in you to want to start a business. And I don't know the first thing to start a business. I don't know where to begin. I don't know how to get clients. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to get, uh, you know, be an influence, what I'm supposed to do. He planted that there. But then we immediately begin to put those limitations. Notice that when you do things through Christ Jesus, there are no limitations. The only time you limit yourself is when you make yourself your God. So here's the exciting part. For whatever goal, whatever intention, whatever you are striving for this next year, this is the exciting part. You're not God. So don't carry a weight that he didn't design for you to carry. Don't put a pressure and a stress on your life that he didn't build for you to, to carry. You're not God. He's God. And if he planted the vision, if he gave you the goal, if you are aligning that goal with his purpose and his will, then let him work through you. We just saw in the verse before that that it says it is according to his good pleasure according to his will, and he's the one that's working in us and through us. So you're not God. You don't have to be God. You don't have to figure it out. And the only time you are limited is when you try to be God. The only time you're limited. But when you, let, uh, when you work through Christ Jesus, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. See, what's the alternative to that? I can do some things through me. But see, I, I want to go this year, if I'm going to stay committed and go after his purpose, I want to do all things that he has for me this year. We're talking about finishing well, not just starting well. So I want to get at the end of the year, and I want to be able to look back and say, Father, I was a good steward with the goals and the plans that you gave me, the assignments you put in my life, and 
Here I am at the end of this year, and I have accomplished your will. I have accomplished these goals that I set, that you gave to me, and I did them according to your will and according to your good pleasure. I want to be able to look back and be a finisher, not just the starter. And so to finish strong, the first thing we have to realize is that you can do all things through Christ, but you can only do some things through you. See, we limit ourselves. We're the ones that set that box. We're the ones that create the walls, and you're trying to get out of debt, and you're trying to do it the way you know how, and maybe the way the world does it. But we have someone that can think higher and knows everything, and he knows exactly how to get us out of the problem we got into. Because here's the thing. Before you got in the problem, he already saw you out of it. Before you got in the, the struggle and the issue, he already made a way to get out of it, because everything to God is past tense. Everything to God has already happened. Let's look at a few more verses. John chapter 14. This is exciting right here. John chapter 14, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. How many of you know we need a helper? That he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Here's the exciting part. God has given you a helper. You know what that means? He never intended for you to do it on your own. That's exciting because some of you, you... You felt like in past years you've been doing it on your own. You've been working by yourself. I'm in this thing all by myself. No, God never intended for you to do this thing by yourself. That's why he has given us a helper. His Holy Spirit lives inside of us. His Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And he guides us. He directs us. He brings to remembrance his word. And so when you get into situations and you don't know what I'm supposed to do, you can pray and the Holy Spirit will come alongside you and help you. There's no prideful people in here. I'm not a prideful person to stand up and say, you know, I'm, I'm self-made, I did it. No, and anything I have accomplished, I have accomplished because God has sent his Holy Spirit to live with me, to live inside of me, and to lead me, guide me, and direct me. And I wouldn't be anywhere without the Holy Spirit. Without his help. Verse 26 of the same chapter, John 14. Verse 26. But the helper, again, he calls him a helper. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. It's time we rely on the teacher that's living within us. Why did we go to school for so long? Because we needed a teacher to show us how to multiply and divide and add and subtract and how to uh, put a sentence together and how to use a verb and a noun properly and, 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 and how uh, photosynthesis works and, and the other uh, planets that are out there besides our own. We had teachers. Whatever it is that you are getting into this year that he's directing you, purposing for your life, for his goodwill and his good pleasure, you have a teacher to teach you and to show you how to do it, how to accomplish that. Father, I don't know how to be 
a better parent. I, I didn't even have a good parent to be a, a good example to me. But thank you for the Holy Spirit who can teach me and guide me into how to raise my kids properly. Father, I, I don't know how to, to be a good husband. I mean, I, I grew up in a split home. I mean, I, I only had one parent. I don't even know how to be the proper spouse for my wife. But you have given me the Holy Spirit. He is there to teach me. He's there to guide me. He's there to lead me. I'm telling you, you're not alone. You're not alone in this thing. Whatever it is this year that you're going after, that you're seeking after, we're getting these things down here in the first month of the year so we can walk in and expect great things and see the promises of God come to pass in our lives. So look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, because I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have times this year where you feel like you are alone. You're going to have times this year where you feel like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what the next step is. I don't know how to get out of this and go into this. I don't know how to finish strong. I started this thing, but how do I finish? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He's saying, when you are too weak, when you can't do it yourself, when you can't pick it up and go on any further, my grace is sufficient for you. What is that grace? That grace is power. That grace is the power to live the life God has called you to live. Grace is not just forgiveness of sins. We have attributed, there, there was a minister that just uh, a few years ago did a survey in the United States and surveyed people, and most people only attributed grace to forgiveness of sins and access to heaven. That was it. But if you look throughout the Bible, God many times couples grace with power. What is he saying? He's saying, I have given you grace. I've given you power to accomplish the task and the assignment I've set before you. See, not only, not only has he assigned something great to us, but he's placed the greatness inside of us to accomplish the task and the assignment. See, I, I thank God for the assignment he's given me in my life, and even for the assignments that he's given me that I feel I'm not equipped to take on. But then I have to get out of who I am and out of what I've done and out of the qualifications that I have in the natural and remember God has given me his grace and in my weakness, that means in the times that I can't do it myself, he's given me grace and a power. You will get to those points where you feel like you are too weak to raise your kids the way he's God wants you to raise them. But remember that his grace is sufficient in your weakness. You'll get to that time where it seems like starting this business was just the craziest idea you ever had. And there's no way I can go on. There's no way I can finish this. There's no way I can do what God's called me to do. But he has given you the grace. He's given you the power. He's given you a helper to come alongside you to teach you and show you and bring to remembrance how to fulfill that assignment. See, God is a God that doesn't just hand out great assignments. He hands out great resources to go along with the assignments. 
I thank God that he has given me the resource to finish, not just start. I don't want to just be a starter. I want to be a finisher. Many times we don't finish well because we make ourselves the source. Many times we start something, but we don't finish well because we only rely on ourselves. I wanted to, to title that little point, Don't Be Kobe Bryant. Any of you know who Kobe Bryant is? He's a basketball player with the Los Angeles Lakers, but he is known throughout the league as a ball hog. And he will get town, he will get down to the last few seconds, and he'll be the one to take the shots. He'll be the one to try to carry the team and carry the load. But I'm going to tell you tonight, you don't have to carry the load. You don't have to carry the team. That God has given you a helper, and if we'll just rely on him, if we'll just find ourselves in reliance on the true source, make use of the resources that he has given us in our lives, the assignment will get completed. The assignment will get finished. And we won't just start something, but we'll finish something. How many times do we see that in sports where a team starts great, but can't finish? <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite teams in, well, my favorite team in football, one of my favorite team in all of sports, did that just a few years ago. And I, as far, I, I try not to get too emotionally involved in sports. But when you're watching the team that has just gone undefeated, hasn't lost a game since halfway through the previous season, get to the Super Bowl and lose in the last game, that's the most frustrating thing to any fan. Makes you want to call up Tom Brady yourself and say, what is the matter with you? You just won like 24 games in a row, and then we get to the biggest one. That's a problem. That's a, that's a problem. But I don't want that to be a problem for us. I don't want to win every victory and lose the most important one at the end. I want to win them all. <laughs> God wants to win them all. God wants you to win them all. And guess what? He's giving you the resources, and he's giving you a helper. He has put the, the ball in his court, so to speak. And he just needs you to be obedient and do and go after what he has told you to do and go after. But in the end, he says, but I've got a helper for you. And I've got grace. I've got an empowerment that when you don't feel you can go on any longer, here's the grace. Here's the power. Here's the resource, and it's sufficient. That means it's enough. That means it doesn't matter how well you feel God's grace and power on your life, it's enough to see you through. It's enough to finish the job, not just start. Now let's look at our last point, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to be a finisher this year. And I know even in my own personal life, there's things that I have left undone. And 2013 is the year that I finish. 2013, I have set it aside. This is the year that I am finishing strong. I don't want to just start strong. I don't want to just start well. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter how you start. It, it, last year, no matter how you started 2012, the only thing you remember is how you finished. 
It's all you remember. Nobody cares how the Patriots did that year throughout the season because the only thing they remember was the Super Bowl champions were the New York Giants, who actually started terrible and finished great. So here's the next point. It's never too late to finish. It's never too late to pick up and finish, no matter where you get. Look, these are messages you might have to go online. You might have to come and ask me for a CD in June or July or October because we might be getting into a point where maybe we're not running as hard as we were in January. Maybe we're not finishing the way we wanted to finish and we're going to have to be in remembrance on some things. And come July and come August and come October and come November and come December, we're going to have to remember it's never too late to pick up and finish the assignment God's called for us to do. Look what he says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run this way, not with uncertainty. I fight like this, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. This year, you've got to know that you're running a race. And no matter where you get this year, you have to remember you're still on the track. You're still running that race. That race is still set before you. God doesn't relinquish on his promises that he's made to you. If he's promised you that you'll get out of debt, then no matter what it looks like halfway through the year, you have to stand fast on his promises and continue to run that race knowing that his grace and his power is sufficient to accomplish the task. No matter where your family setup is like, no matter how your kids are acting, no matter what your business looks like, no matter what the promise looks like, you have to remember that it is never too late to finish. We need to run this thing hard because I'm going to tell you right now, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And you may have started weak, you may have fallen off the track somewhere halfway through the year, but if you finish in December, none of that's going to matter. None of that is going to matter because we accomplished the assignment that was set before us. We ran the race that was before us. We pressed on to attain We were striving. We were reaching. That word reach in the Greek, it carries the connotation of a runner that is running full stride, reaching out as far as he can, and the prize is within arm's length. We're not striding through this thing. We're not jogging through this thing. We are reaching for the prize. Paul said, I'm not saying that I've already attained but I'm running because I want to. I'm not saying that I'm already perfected, but I'm reaching for it because I want to be perfected. I want to finish. That word perfect, perfect, that means a finished state. God wants us to finish strong. God wants us to finish 
what he sets in our hearts. He's not looking for starters. He's looking for finishers. He's not looking for people to intend to do something. But he's looking for people that will initiate action and accomplish the will that he has set before us. I'll tell you right now, if we remember these principles, if we remember that everything we do is for his will and for his purpose, if you remember that you're not God, that you have someone working alongside with you and you have grace and power in your life to finish that task, and if you remember that it's never too late to finish and that it's time to get back on the track. Look, if we fall off, get back on. If we slow down, let's pick up the pace. If we've stopped, let's start going. And let's attain the promises that God has for us this year. I believe I'm speaking to a body. I believe I'm speaking to a church that God has shown us some things. I know God has shown us in, in our family some things personally. He's shown me things for this church. And I want to run hard. I want to run hard. January is the easiest. But it's staying with it in February. Staying with it in March. Staying with it in July. Staying with it in October. And then in the end, being able to look at a finished result. Now here's the exciting thing that I was alluding to in the beginning. That your life is a picture to God. Not a movie. It's a picture. It means this thing isn't changing. God has a picture of your life. And it's our responsibility to find out what that picture is and live up to that. But here's the great thing about God. He doesn't change the picture based upon your current situation. Thank God he doesn't. And so God's picture, it's already painted. It's already finished. Everything that happens to you in your life is, is past tense to him. It's history. Bible says that God knows the end from the beginning. I used to think that verse meant that he knew the difference between the end and the beginning. But it means that he knows the end from the beginning, which means he has started at the end and he's working his way back. And so he's already painted your picture. And those things that you feel like you've fallen short and those things that you feel like you haven't been able to accomplish, you haven't been able to finish, they're finished in his book. And he is there. He's given us a helper. He's given us resources. He's given us grace and power to make that picture come to play in our lives. And God loves to show his stuff off. And so when he paints a picture, he wants everyone to see it. He wants to show your life off to the world. He wants to show your life off to people that wouldn't believe in you. He wants to show your life off to your family, to your kids, to your coworkers, to your employers, and to your employees. He wants to show you off to the world. Because the picture that he's painted is so great, is so magnific mag magnificent, is so awesome that he wants the world to see it. He wants to put you on display this year. See, it's not just about us. It's about reaching people for the kingdom of God. Those promises that he's shown us, it's not just about us. It's about being an influence for the kingdom. And I believe that we're going to see the, our world change around us because we're changing on the inside ourselves. See, you can't change anything around you unless you first change yourself within. We've got to get changed here 
so we can change what's out there. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you tonight. Father, those of us that you have challenged, that you have charged this year, Father, I believe that's every single person in this room. I think that you have a, a purpose and an assignment for all of us. And Father, I thank you that this year it becomes obtainable. Like Paul said, that we will strive, we will reach for, we will go after. Father, I thank you that we will apply your word this year. We'll grow deeper in our relationship with you. Father, I thank you for those purposes, for your will that you have placed within our lives. I thank you, you have placed greatness within us. And at times when we look and it seems to be uh, too much, like we can't go on, we can't finish, Father, we'll remember your word. We'll remember the assignment that you have placed and remember that your grace is sufficient in our weakness. Your grace is made perfect within us. The things that we can't finish. You didn't expect us to be able to finish those things on our own. You expected us to rely on you to do this thing with you. It's you working in us for your goodwill and for your good pleasure, Father. I thank you that this year will be a year of greatness, a year of abundance, a year of provision, a year of finishing for this church. In Jesus' name, amen.